I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are you PNLP? This is the Premier Non-League Podcast. Well, a very warm welcome to episode 60 of the Premier Non-League podcast, brought to you by Tackle This Together. Hello from myself, James. Chris, you're here. How are you doing, mate? Very well indeed, thank you. And Trevor. Hello, I'm good. There's just a threesome tonight, but we take out any sexual comments because Pete's not here, so we'll (laughs) we'll just call it the the troublesome threesome here. There we go. So, guys, have we had a a good couple of weeks? A very, very cold couple of weeks, especially down south, Chris. I don't know what it's been like up north. Probably the worst. (laughs) Very cold and now very, very windy indeed. Um, not a lot of football, if I'm honest. Um, another postponement with South Shield, so um, I think we've only had one game since um, since we last recorded. Yeah, I think you were chomping at a bit as well, because you hadn't had many games before that, had you? No, <laughs> and we, um, we managed to get an away win at Bishop Stortford, and then um, obviously uh, Hereford... We're in the FA Trophy, and then uh, we were postponed uh, at Alfreton at the weekend. So it's just been a pretty frustrating time. Fingers crossed, and obviously this, obviously it's Monday night tonight. We've got Farsley Celtic at home tomorrow, Tuesday. But of course, the high winds forecast might might put a block on that. We'll have to wait and see what tomorrow brings. Yeah, I mean, the wind, it has thawed out, definitely thawed out, but I think it's more the fact of the flooding and the winds that are going to put cause problems because watching the weather forecast tonight, I think there's going to be some more storms on their way in the next couple of days yeah, as well. So absolutely. we're getting absolutely battered here. I mean, to be honest, down south, we're having we're, played on 3G pitches recently and played the 3G on Saturday against Tunbridge Angels, but bitterly cold there. As Trevor, you've been to that ground. It's quite exposed, isn't it? So, mm. you know, God, it was... Uh, bitter and because I was doing a commentary on behalf of Pete it was um just sitting down not really moving in the press box as uh we had to run into the uh, director's box at half time because we both really needed a cuppa the queue for the tea hut was ridiculously long and we're not going to sort of go and barge in the front so we thought should we just chance it and our chairman saw us say goes oh come and get a cuppa boys I was like thank god for that <laughs> so that warmed us up but we've had a quite a few um postponements um and I think Trev you wanted to sort of discuss this in a little bit more depth but um I think the lack of understanding and sort of the uh, travel and the late call-off. So I said Weymouth versus St Albans on the National League South um, was called off at 8.30, which I think is a reasonable time. Um, but some people looking at their Twitter had um, already travelled the night before. They were making a little weekend because Weymouth's one of those sort of weekend away days, you know, Trevor, some of them in uh, Bournemouth and stuff. You thought that was quite a good call-off time, didn't you? And I think, to be fair, it probably is. Oh. I think take take into account the travel time. If you travelled the night before, there's nothing you can there's nothing you can do about that. You're going you're going to the extreme of asking someone to do a pitch inspection on the blooming Thursday because you're travelling on Friday for a game on Saturday. It's getting a little bit ridiculous with that. Um, 
but we saw some in the National League that were just plain ridiculous. Oldham travelling to Eastleigh and Altrincham travelling to South End as well. You know, both games being called off on the Saturday morning and the inspections were taking place after supports coaches had left to go. And, you know, in this day and age, it's to the point where why would I have a pitch inspection before anyone started travelling? So it stops everything like that sort of thing happening. But yeah, you're right, um, Trev. I think I think to be honest, having games. I mean, Worthing had it when we were in the. Um, actually, I think it was against Bishop Stortford. Funny enough, Chris, who were in the National League North mm. when we were in Eastman Premier. Um, they called it off literally as the coach had arrived and said, like, and the play, the, the fans and the players actually been in the ground and actually Dover had done Dover, it. Dover, yeah. And um, obviously with Worthing's yeah. history last season with Dover <laughs> and the first home game of the season, you know, the fans were feeling quite. You know, and for those that don't know, there was a group of Dover fans. That, I say fans in exclamation marks and brackets because they were banned from Dover. Um, but unfortunately, Dover didn't let on that they were banned or something along those lines. They were allowed. They got into Woodside and started a lot of trouble uh, on our first game of the National League South ever, which was a bit of a tarnish. But so obviously, Worthing fans were already a little bit on edge about Dover anyway. But to call it off, I think again when the coach had turned up, you know. But the thing is, is what they don't understand is, is that a lot of these fans and people that see it, oh, so what? But you see how much this costs non-league clubs. Mm. Because yeah. if you've taken the journey, the end of the day, the coach provider has done what they've been booked to do. The coach yes. provider has taken you to the ground and they'll take you home. It doesn't have anything. So, you know, for myself and Trevor will know this. I'm not sure if you did, Chris. Like, we've taken over doing a lot of the away travel through the Supporters Association for um, coaches for Worthing. And um, Gary, who's the chairman, He's um he's got a lot of contacts. He's worked with coaches, buses, and taxi within the years. But you know, if we we basically got to think until an hour before we're due to depart on the Saturday morning, we'll get a late late cancellation fee, but they can send the driver home. But you know, it could be one of those things that we end up losing a lot of money. And as a supporters association, that that could cripple us. And let alone a non league club. I mean, what what club was it recently that had a um put the chairman put a tweet out or something showing the costs of the game and travel and it actually made they actually made a loss travelling to the game as a team it was I can't remember what level it was at I think it could have been National North oh was it I was going to say it's probably Andy Holt it's anyone putting putting details and figures out there because he's the only one that's, that's that transparent yeah it was it was it was quite a dig I think because you know the thing is at the end of the day travel as we know is um, I mean for example whatever Bishop Stortford Bishop Stortford playing South Shields on a Saturday, you know, in theory, they're probably going to have to travel the night before, aren't they? Theory. Yeah. I mean, do, do they do that? Do you know, or do they do it of the day? Stortford, probably well, no. Uh, they well, have actually, sorry, Chris, I was just going to say, actually, on, on the point of Stortford, uh, in the paper, in the non-league paper this week, actually, their manager, Steve Smith, said they have had a lot of overnight stays because of the distance they've got. But generally, as a part-time team, you wouldn't be travelling overnight yeah. because of the cost you would right. pick and choose, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah, of course. And Shields played down there two weeks ago on a Tuesday night and travelled on the day uh, with it being a, a, an evening kickoff, and then got home at something like um, four in the morning. So, um, I mean, just be, well, just before we came on, I was mentioning there was um, Whitby Town uh, made a statement over the weekend about a, a postponement that took place recently where the uh, the teams had actually warmed up um, 
and the game was postponed, I think it was something like five or ten minutes before kickoff. Um, so there's a, there's two ends, you know, there's two edges to this. You, you can be sensible or, or, you, or you can be silly. There's a lot of pe- conspiracy theorists out there think that decisions <laughs> are taken depending if teams maybe have a few injuries or or or, or, or whatever. But um, in have you general, been reading my blog, Chris? I put up this evening. Um, no, I haven't. Tra- <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, there's a little, there's a little plug there for his blog. It literally <laughs> says exactly that though, because it, because Chris is Chris is right though. There was exactly that. All or I... Trevor, have you been reading Chris's blog? Well, <laughs> yeah, Chris is Chris brand new. <laughs> Yeah, but but really, you're never going to, as long as you please most of the people most of the time, you know, you can't please everyone all the time. But as long as you please most people most of the time, you, you can't do much more. But this goes back to probably, we've always said it, I know Trev, you've always said it, and Chris, you've been quite, you know, especially when you're in a Northern Prem, um, about trying to do a few more of these fixtures at the beginning of the season when yeah. when the weather is a lot better. Because... We know for a fact, unless you're playing on 3G, 4G, yeah. whatever they call it, 5G, 10G, whatever it is now, don't know what it's called. Um, there's a good chance at this time of year that it's going to be called off. And, you know, it. you have fixture pileups, you know, you've seen it before, teams have been on a great run. They've got about 10 games in, I don't know, three weeks or something ridiculous like that. And they end up, you know, faltering on their plans. But sadly, this is what happens at this level when you're going to get teams with grounds that haven't got the facilities. Now, do you think even more now, you know, with this whole late postponement of travel and, you know, having to call it off really, should they really be looking at probably bundling a lot more games when the weather's nicer, the clubs will get more money anyway because, you know, it's a nice it's a nice Tuesday night in September. Let's go and have a few beers in the sun while the weather's nice. You know, you get the Indian summers there, even sometimes in early parts of October until the season gets really bad and you know maybe like the Premier League have done recently have a little break over a couple of weeks just to split it up a little bit I mean I know it's an opportunity for people to go and watch non-league but the chances are that non-league game is probably going to get cancelled yeah I, I think that there's a bigger picture here and um, we'll probably go on, on in a different in, on different subject but um, until clubs get a bit get some capital to maybe invest in their surfaces and drainage and everything like that we are going to have this situation. Um, we've had now, what, with this storm we've just had, and we're going to get another one tomorrow, is that about something like six storms so far this season? Mm-hmm. It's unprecedented, but it might become more of the norm, so um, we might see more of it. Again, as long as things are kept sensible, if if postponements are, are decided at a reasonable time, you can't do any more than that. It's, it, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we set up the National Non-League Postponement Pitches Centre in Birmingham somewhere? And if your game's going to get postponed, there's well, a nice 3G pitch waiting for you in Birmingham. <laughs> James, there's the other thing, you know, this thing with Whitby Town, you know, they've contacted something like 10 referees that day, you know, um, to, and nobody was available to inspect mm. because everybody's at work because it was a, it was a midweek game. So mm. there should be... So something has to give where you have qualified people to make a you know a, a judgment call sensibly where you don't have to have a referee. Does it really have to be a referee? Yeah. Yeah. Surely, surely ground staff are the most qualified. They are the ones that prepare the pitches. I think and I only... know what go on. No, go on, Trev. I know what you're I was gonna just say. Yeah. Say, the only problem you get with that though is that 
as the home side, if you've yeah. got one or two injuries or a niggle and you're like, yeah. you know, look, I, I would really prefer it. If we call this off now, we ain't got to play it for about three weeks. You know, Tom and Fred will be back yeah. by then, our two best yeah. players. That's the only thing it draws in. I mean, I've, I've, I've sort of said as well, surely can there not be a pool across each county mm. of referees that are appointed at the beginning of that season to cover pitch inspections? I know they're going to have their own games at times, but if they're talking the 10 best they've got that can cover a radius around a county, it's not going to be perfect again, a bit like it isn't when we try and divide the England into four. It just doesn't fit. But, you know, if you make as much effort as you can, it narrows it down and then you don't get the, you know, the the expert groundsman and meteorologist I had across my timeline on Twitter at the weekend. Yeah, but... so, yeah it's a difficult one. And I think particularly midweek games, if, if if referees are generally at work, it's going to be nigh impossible. But a, a pool could it could consist of referees, ground staff. It could consist of a whole host of different things as long as people are reasonably qualified to be able to make a reasonable judgment call. Um, yeah. It's got to be enough, surely. Uh, the other point I was going to make before we got onto that bit as well was that if they need to abolish this, game's got to be played within 42 days of the original date. Yeah. Get rid of that. It's That's yeah. what causes half the problem because if you've got postponed games already fitted in through cup runs, which are understandable, but you've then still got to try and fit that one in as the next available fixture... Why are we not pushing it out to March or April? Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. No, I no, agree. It's, it's 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 antiquated. It's it's all dated, but it's the FA, isn't it? So I'm I'm sensing know. a business opportunity here, chaps. The, pre- the premier, on. the premier non-league ref, uh, premier non-league pitch inspection association. Mm. We could have a pool, Chris. You could do the northeast, <laughs> uh, and we're going to get, get roundable. Well, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, I mean, actually, let, let's get Pete, Pete an opportunity. He could go on his beer tour of the UK. There, <laughs> go different different spoons and have a pint. Oh, I'm in the area. I'll go and check your pitch. Yeah, it's on because Pete loves to see football on, so he'd always pull the games on. But no, no, joking aside, there needs to be some almost like an independent body, which yes. probably end up getting corrupted anyway. <laughs> you mm. know, it's like there needs to be an independent body, a company that that. Okay, it's not their main. I mean, it's, it's hard to say, really. It's not their main source of income, but you know, a franchisee network. But then, then how are you going to get the? You know, could that be? As it's the same sort of thing as Trevor says. Could they be a fan of Worthing, for example? And they know mm. Worthing have got a few injuries this week, and off, or or they know someone. Unless they're completely, unfortunately, this day and age, people are easily uh, sort of biased through certain yeah. respects. What about Well, Pete. Um... Trev, sorry about um I was just about to say ex-referees, you know, retired referees. However, yeah. retired referees are older, longer in the tooth, and perhaps would have a different kind of idea on what was deemed safe and unsafe. When I consider the pitches we played on in the 80s, and you know, the pitches yeah. we played on would never in a month of Sundays be played on today. Um so, a re- so, for instance, a referee who refereed in the 70s and 80s would have a very different feel on a pitch than someone who is, say, recently qualified in the last 10 years. But then quite a few of those take up okay. assessing roles, don't they? So yeah. they're going to be yes. at the ground. They are. They are. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a, t- a subject that's... 
you know, we've we've debated for a while here. And you know, I think if you've got any views on it, let us know at the PNLP on social media. You know, give us a give us a shout. How would you create a fair network? Because as we said, we can't have these part-time referees, especially on the week the weeknight games are the one. It's gonna be interesting to see, obviously we record this on a Monday night, how many games I mean it's thawed a little bit. I don't know, but the storm, it's not gonna be ice, it's gonna be sort of conditions now. Where do you draw the line? You know, the pitch might be playable, but if it's gusting hundred mile hour winds yeah, Where, can they? Yeah, but if it's fine when they do the pitch inspection, well, looking at our forecast, so the the gale force winds, you know, fifty mile an hour winds are forecast to begin around about six stroke seven o'clock tomorrow night. Mm. That's the forecast. But you can't if you're going to do an inspection, a wind inspection at four mm. o'clock, completely different to what it's going to be like at seven o'clock. Mm. So it'd be interesting to see what pans out tomorrow. Mm. Obviously, by the time you listen to it, Listeners will already know what's happened, so um, it's going to be very interesting. Twenty-four hours. Well, you know the job that I do, guys. You know what my job is, and you always get the pilot saying, "All oh, the weather at blah blah destinations horrible, and we can't land, so we're going to delay the aircraft for an hour." You land the plane, it's bright sunshine, and we all get it, get it in the neck because why is he lying? <laughs> it's one of those yeah. sort of things, isn't it? But um, yeah. but yeah, um, I think it's going to be a subject we'll just go on, and there's no fair way, but it's definitely something that these non-league. Um, leagues need to look at and I think all sorts because um, we can't all afford to put under pitch heating and stuff in can we and we can't be protected by high stands protecting the surface of the pitch and everything like that so it's going to be something that's going on but you know luckily the you know, for us at Worthy but you say like you know obviously at South Shields you've you, you're chomping at the bit for a game you've had what one game in what three weeks four weeks yeah, yeah. and well, you know You've you obviously changed manager. You want to try and give the players a run. It's you know uh, you know signings. I don't know if you have made any signings or people have left, and you know they're not getting the opportunity to play. But the the thing is, if it is wind, you know South Shields play a very much footballing game on the deck, which is better in high mm. yes in high winds. But you can't. The wind mm. will become, you know, the third man. So. Um, it would be a shame because yeah, the the players are champing at the bit, and and South Shields have got um, Will Jenkins back from they've recalled him from his loan at Morpeth. So yeah, yeah, you said you're happy that, to be yeah. back. So yeah, it'll be good. Hopefully, by the time you listen to this, Shields will have played Farsi Celtic and won and got three points. Uh, well, on, as we're on the subject of Shields, Chris, what's a little update? There's not really much to say apart from you had one game. No. <laughs> what about no, the transfer? No. What about the transfer window? What's happened in the transfer window? Uh, Jordi Mongoy has gone on loan to Spennymoor, um, which we're very pleased about. Um, the most offside player in history. So that's that's good. Um and it, it's a and with um Lirak Hassani having been recalled by Gateshead in the National League from his loan to South Shields, it's opened it up for Will Jenkins to be recalled from Morpeth. Will's a great talent, he's an academy product, and it's gonna be great to have him back. He, been on loan basically for a season and a half. Um, Kevin Phillips clearly didn't rate him or didn't. Kevin Phillips didn't really utilize any youth players at all. They had no interest in the youth setup. I don't think he ever watched a single youth training session or match, and therefore just stuck all the kids out on loan. So it's good. So it's good to have Will back who has come through the academy, he's a good footballer, lots of energy, and he's been tearing up the, the Northern Premier League so far this season. So, fingers crossed we'll get him up and running. Is there any sign of any managers or any changes in that direction, you think, at the moment? I think they'll just be happy to stay as it is. They're interim managers, well, 
interim manager and assistant with the financial situation at the club, trying to cut costs and streamline things a bit. I can't see any changes happening. Um, and, and, and would you advertise for a new manager knowing that your club's up for sale? Any manager mm. worth his or her salt would probably balk at the opportunity because of the fact that there is that uncertainty. So um, I've got no problem with the management duo that we've got in place. Elliot Dickman and Lee Pickton are two excellent coaches with a vast amount of experience. Lee has has managed the club before on a joint basis. So I've got no qualms that we've got some good men at the helm. Um, I've just let them get on with it. They're changing a little bit of philosophy. The players are taking a lot of new information in. So just let it work. And I'm sure... Um, I'm sure we'll get there as long as we can, you know, be there or there about the playoff spots mid-table. I'll, I'll take that. It's just, you know, uh, it would be nice to get in the playoffs, but um, just I just want to see good football again. Most importantly, look, I want Shields to have an identity again, which we haven't mm. had for a long time. Just play some good football with high energy. That's all we want. It's all about entertainment. I go to watch a football match to be entertained, and that'll do me. I'm sure. I'm sure those days will come again, Chris. It's just um, yeah, it's um, it's frustrating because as we said, like you know, obviously, like you know, you started off the season so bloody well, and you know, there's all this stuff up in air now and change of manager. Uh, is there anything uh being sort of muted again about the takeover? Anything, anything no. out in the public eye, or any rumours no. that you've heard, or not that necessarily you have to disclose on here? But have you heard no, rumours no, no, going no, around? Or well, Chairman Jeff Thompson held two meetings last week with um. Sponsors and season ticket holders to give them an update. Mm -hmm. um, he made it clear, you know, the club is up for sale. There's been some interest, but nothing concrete as yet. Um, you know, spoke about the losses that are, are being made. And what's worrying, if you let's move away from South Shields a little bit. Yes, we're full time. Yes, we've got a big wage bill, but we get big crowds we get we sell a lot of merchandise match day sales are fairly high when you consider the footfall and in national league north they still make such massive losses i i really don't know how football clubs can stay solvent mm. at, at, at any level it's just nigh on impossible obviously nuneaton resigned from southern premier central last week mm. uh, that's a that's a Travesty. Yeah. When I was growing up, you know, in the 1980s and very early 90s, Nuneaton were a massive non-league club, huge. And to well, see it, well, and to see it, yeah. it's so sad. I was going to say, we'll 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 focus on them in a little bit. It is really sad. We'll give them a little chat. But I was going to say, with um Shields, and you've mentioned it before. Do you think, as you've said? going full-time has harmed the club, done it more harm than good now. Looking, obviously, you've said it before, when you mm -hmm. struggled that first season we did, well, I think it was the first season we did, but the first full season after we launched this podcast, yeah. and, you know, you didn't get the promotion that you really thought you had got. The club had gone full-time and you were saying the players that you're attracting at the full-time yeah. thing down that level. Now, you're in the National League North now, which is well-deserved. You know it's been coming. Last season was fantastic. You, you were definitely the best team and deserved a promotion in that league. But do you now think it was a step too quickly because, for example, let's say down at Worthing, I think we, we can look down here, Trev, you could probably say as well, look at Dorking Wanderers, for example. They're still, well, no, not even Dorking Wanderers, they're still not full-time. I'm I'm thinking even Eastbourne Borough. 
mm. for example. Eastbourne Borough have gone full-time just like that. And they are struggling at the wrong end of the National League South table. They've just changed their manager. You know, there's still a long way to go. The season's definitely not over. But you you look at that and you think, did they do it too quickly? Whereas I know at Worthing, they want to take it slowly. And they're probably looking outside that box right now and thinking, look at what's happened to Eastbourne. We could easily turn this club full-time overnight, but you lose all your players. You know, most, mm-hmm. of, most of our squad would probably go because, for example, Ollie Pierce, he's our top goal scorer. He's the player of the month in the National League South. He, he will have tens if not fifties of clubs trying to get him and I know he's been approached for professional before but he likes the job he does and he's going to stay part-time he could easily go and smash it as a full-time footballer in a national league league two I think easily but he doesn't want to but if we go full-time probably say goodbye to well he's got 21 goals at the moment we're not really literally we're just over halfway through the season come May April May what's he gonna have 40 if he carries on the way he's going we lose a player like that we're screwed doesn't matter what else happens around the squad, but we're screwed because he he will dig us out of this situation. So that's a really long way of asking you the question. But do you think Trevor's about to yawn? I think I've sent him to sleep with that yeah. question. But do you think <laughs> looking at from from having it been full time for three years now, two years, three years, I think. Yeah, third season, third season. Is it? Do you wish it had taken? Maybe now you were going full time rather than. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. You learn by your mistakes, but going full time was a mistake. Um. This is the level where you should be thinking about going full time, um, because you go and I said it, and I think the the last podcast we recorded, you go from being able to attract the best local non-league talent, and when I say local, I mean like a, a forty mile radius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best talent, uh, you go from being able to attract the best talent, giving them good money to supplement their full time wage, to to attracting the lower level of professional football. Now, those lower levels, you can get, you could be getting players who have, for the last five or six years, stole a living, or you could be getting under 23 players who have, who are going to need time to adjust and they're just not ready for men's football. It's a, and it, it, it's, it's so, so South Shields, I think the, the mis- two mistakes, gone full-time, at least one division too soon. And also, building the new stand, which is a magnificent, you know, addition to this to the stadium, again, um, a division too early, and the, the the costs of that are now you know impacting on everything. You know, Jeff's pl- ploughed so much money in; he wants to get a bit of return. He knows he's going to make a loss, but he wants to get a little bit back. So, the losses are colossal in in real terms. So, um, yeah, I said it on the last pod. Um, you know, stay part-time as long as you can. South Shields had a great model just, you know, pre-COVID. They had the hybrid model where they had three, four, five, six lads full-time from out of the area, but they still had that pool of local talent and um, we had a great, great squad. You know, as you know, we were, you know, 10 points clear, all of that. Um, So the hybrid model has worked. It can work again. I think next year we might see a hybrid model at South Shields and I'm all for it. You'll be able to attract a better, a better caliber of player. Do you think that will progress you rather than hamper you? Yeah, definitely. Look, yep. full time, and um, in since we've in this is the third season. Off the top of my head, I cannot remember a game of football involving South Shields where we were clearly fitter than the opposition. Mm-hmm. So everyone thinks go full time, be fitter. 
it doesn't happen. It just mm-hmm. doesn't because of the level we're at. Most footballers now have been brought up properly and they've been taught from a very, very early age to look after their bodies. They are fit generally and naturally. So I, I, I cannot remember if anybody listening out there can, and, and the Shield supporters, if anybody out there or anyone who supports a full-time team who plays in a, a, a fairly part-time competition, I cannot remember a game where we were clearly fitter than the opposition. Mm. And that's interesting, isn't it? Um, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see because I think I think the roller coaster will be down here to Worthing because they've said they want to go full time in the next five years. The way the season's going at the moment, the way the National League South is, we're currently second in the league, mm. playing bloody well. And mm. you know, you have to think, you know, if we get promoted, and I say if a big if before anyone wants to say I'm mm-hmm. not getting ahead of myself because I think it is a big if. It's a long way to go. Do we then jump, push the button next season to go full time, or do we do? Because you look at teams like Dorking, for example, and we, we like Dorking, but are they a hybrid model now, Trevor? I think are they hybrid at the moment? So they're kind of between that. Is that what Worthing do? Because I think that's a way. But look how Dorking are struggling. Because is it them and Wealdstone are the only maidenhead of hybrid as well? Uh, they're the only non full time teams in that mm. league. Those and three, yeah. Yeah, and you uh, think? No, I think Oxford City are hybrid as well. Oh yeah, Oxford City as well, possibly. Four, yeah, yeah. So, but you look at it. Give it two or three years, every team in that league will be full time in theory, mm. and then it's yeah. going to start. As we said it before, we have said it before. It's going to trickle down, and you'll start seeing it National League South and National League North, and then before too long, most of the teams in that league will be full time professionals. So, it's going to be a lot harder. It is as long as you do it. I would say the word organically. If you if there's a. Yeah, yeah. He did get promoted, and Hinch had a you know a bucket list of players he would be interested in. Um, just get the best players that's available to the club, whether they're part time, full time. Just just get the best players, and if that means you do have to go hybrid, do it. Um, but to go from part time to full time straight away clearly doesn't really work. You know, mm. but other clubs have tried it. You know, Gloucester have gone back to part time. From being full time and, and and now they've gone back to part time, they've really struggled because you're you're looking at a different pool of players. And um and yeah, I, th- I think in general, because of the fact that footballers in general want more money and more money and more money, that, that these hybrid models are a very, very good model. Mm. Yeah, I, I'd like to see in and I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. So I, I, obviously, we don't want to see Shields progress, and yeah, it'd be fantastic if we both ended up in the same league and yeah. we met before. Then it'll be a good away day, both ends. We know that, but um, <laughs> it, it's um, it's going to be an interesting run. But Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's move on. Before we move on to whatever, let's move on to Barnet. Trev, um, for since we last recorded, a postponement and a couple of wins. So still happy Ooh. days up in uh, up there in uh, North London, eh? Yes. Yeah, I was trying try to think, actually. I was like, when did we play last? When did we yeah. last play? A day, we day after we recorded, you like... were... You were you lost to Altrincham? No, no, no. You lost to Altrincham just before, and then it was Barnet. Yeah. You beat, beat Dagenham at Bridge, yeah. And then you played uh, Radcliffe, Radcliffe away in the trophy. Um, and then two, you had two, to Marvin, against... two Marvin birthday goals. So is it Marvin Armstrong or another Marvin? Sorry, no, Marvin. Marvin, Marvin Armstrong. There is only one Marvin Armstrong. So he's now he's now playing in in the squad quite and playing quite well. No, no, no. He's been out of favour actually for the last um the last yeah. few few weeks. But that's putting um, back in favour, probably. Hopefully, yeah. Well, he rested a few. We had a few missing through injury as well. So, um, but uh, yeah, I saw the watched the highlights. Both the goals nicely well taken as well. Right place, right time. Yeah, and a place in the next round away to Welling United in two weeks' time. Yeah, well, Welling. To be yeah, fair, they're, they're doing they're doing poor in the league, but they're doing all right in uh, the trophy, aren't they? There was only Chesterfield's youth team though. You are. <laughs> There's literally a Chesterfield Chiefs team. That's what they put out. And then put a single oh. first teamer out in the in their oh, 16 or whatever. How many subs are named? 18 players. There wasn't one first fair team enough. in there. So, no, fair, yeah, no, fair, fair play. You still got beat what's put in front of you. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so any um, interesting signings uh, since we last recorded, Trev? Uh, no, I think so. Uh, no, did we, have, we had Maguire Drew, didn't we, just? JMG, yeah. Yeah, he was brilliant. Brilliant against, started against Dagenham. Really good in that game. He was uh, cup tied for the Radcliffe game, mm-hmm. and obviously we didn't play at the weekend against Chesterfield because so many conspiracy theories of we needed the game off because there were too many injuries and <laughs> whatnot. Well, and the, uh, the keyboard, the keyboard conspiracists. You love that. Yeah, the old keyboard warriors were out in oh, force God. from the so uh, just... from the from the Chesterfield end of England. But there we go. Um, but um, yeah, no, it's still uh, we're way to Oldham. Yeah, way to Oldham tomorrow night. Way to Gateshead. Saturday, so two nice long northern trips. Mm. For us. If, you, if you come away with them, how many points do you expect to come away from them for? If you're happy with four points there, or you happy yeah, 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 yeah. No idea what Oldham side will turn up tomorrow. They've just signed Andy Dallas on loan from Barnsley, who was at Solihull last year. Um, so that might make a bit of a difference. But we do our mm. one for uh, for their four one defeat. They gave us on TV back in uh, October. I think it was. And we were awful that night. Um, mm. But the uh, the good thing up at Radcliffe though was quite a few of their fans were I mean I think it's about fifteen hundred there in total were complimenting our um, new goalkeeper Josh Keeley from Spurs who's caused a bit of a stir from uprooting Laurie Walker after three clean sheets in a row probably three of his best games this year mm. and now he finds himself out of the team so funny when that happens though <laughs> a like, little bit it? yeah a little bit but um but you know he's um. He, he has, you know, he's put Laurie was player of the year last year. Was he, yeah, I think he was players, uh, no, players player. Laurie was supports player of the year last year. Um, he, he was, he was excellent. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get a penalty past him last year. This year, I don't think he's hit the same levels. Um, and there's been 
<laughs> excuse me, a lot of times in games when he has cost us goals. Mm. Um, and he doesn't play, he can't play the way we want to play, which is out from the back, which obviously I've seen a lot of sides do over the years. And they're doing it, uh, when was like the weekend at Lancelin and Crow Valley? Um, they're both playing out from the back of step four. So that tells you the way the game's going. You've got to move with it. If you don't, then mm. I'm afraid it's it's out. And it just coincided that I'm assuming that 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 Josh was available. Spurs says Spurs said you take him now, but he needs to play, or he goes somewhere else. And it coincided with Laurie having three clean sheets in a row and probably two of his best games over the two South End games. And you know, I mean, he's 30, 32, 33. He's been in the game long enough to. No, it's how it goes a little bit. It's harsh, but it's mm. cool. well, it's funny you say about the playing out from the back because you know seeing Worthing over mm. the years that they always play out from the back. And to be honest, I think playing out from the back of football isn't always the fans' favourite way of playing, is it? Because cool. it's very frustrating, but it does get results. But I it also is it's very high risk football. It can be. I mean, I I, I watched. Um, I obviously wasn't at Radcliffe, but I was at I, I was at the Dagenham game and. Yeah. The difference I noticed in in Josh as well is obviously he's brought up on that style at Spurs. That's how they play. Mm. So when you're watching what his positioning is versus Laurie Walker's positioning, when defenders have got the ball where he is and where he, and where he should be is exactly where he was. If I compared that to where Laurie was, you can you you can sense that unease and nervousness about the defenders because he's not playing as a sweeper or an extra defender. He's playing still as a keeper. And you just can't do that if that's the way you want to play football. And there's, there's so much difference between where Josh was. He made you know, a bit nervy in the first half, made some cracking saves in the second half as well. And coming out and claiming balls, you know, for a corner. He's a, he's a, he's a tall lad as well. He hasn't played a lot of football apart from the Premier under 23, 21, so it's tippy-tappy stuff. So... Um, you know, he's obviously got a future in front of him, or Spurs wouldn't have um, sent him out to us. Yeah, no, fantastic. I mean, talking about goalkeepers, as you've seen, Worthing have actually brought a goalkeeper in as well. Um, in this in the transfer window, which was kind of a, I'm not going to lie, it was a surprise to us because we did think, well, I personally thought, and you've heard me say it before, Rocco Reese, who was our keeper, he's played for us before. I and I'm I'm happy to say because I've said it to plenty of people's faces. I I don't think he's been good enough this season for us. Um, he hasn't been challenged. And interesting enough, when because it's a it's a loan of uh, is it Jack Jeffries? I think his name yeah. is. Um, he's come from Southampton. He's a youth player in Southampton. Um, and I do think people say it's a one month loan, but I assume it's probably been extended from the impressions I get to the end of the season. The Southampton are quite happy with him playing, but. When we recorded the Rebel Yell podcast last week, a couple of weeks ago, it, um, Hinch, the manager, had said to us that it was to give Rocco, he was the only player in the squad that was remaining unchallenged. Yes. Now, it was quite surprising because when sort of we, in the previous recording to that, we didn't criticise, but we sort of brought up the fact a lot of fans were feeling a lot of, what's the word, right, were angst with having Rocco in goal, spilling too many balls, causing too many errors, costing us very many goals. Because honestly, and I don't ever like blaming one player, but to be honest, a lot of the mistakes, we probably could be much closer to Yeovil than we are now, if not above mm. Yeovil. Because we, we've, you've seen it was a bit of, we think four away games in a row, we conceded four goals a game and lost. That's 12 points. I think we're currently 12 points behind Yeovil for teams that we could normally 
on a good day beat and they weren't exactly tough games when then we go and beat Maidstone 5-1 and stuff like that do you see what I'm saying so bringing Jack Jeffries in I think and he played watching him on Saturday I watched him for the first time since he signed against um, Tunbridge Angels he was fantastic in goal he seemed to have and not to be unfair to Rocco but obviously this guy's I mean, Rocco was at Brentford B team, which obviously produces some very good players as well after being released from Brighton. But Southampton, I don't know, but this goalie, Jack Jeffrey, seems to have had some really... He seemed to command that area a lot better. And I think when you see that as someone what we need, and I think it's good. I think it's good that Rocco has now got a bit of um challenge for his position. Um, Southampton, obviously, probably similar to what Spurs are to Barnett. They're going to want to see him playing because we're not just going to loan him out for him to sit on the bench because you need someone to back up. And I think it's working well. And we he's been he's been playing out from the back. But what I liked about him as well is when he needed to kick the ball, he kicked the ball. Mm. Whereas I see Rocco, he gets a bit panicky and part and like half kicks it or gives it away or kicks it out into touch. But Jeffries was kicking it, and that was very good to see. And I think this is what we're missing because Hinch has said plenty of times that it's my fault I tell tell the players to play out from the back. But you know we've got to have a backup plan. Maybe Jack Jeffries is a backup plan. But have you guys ever seen any of him or heard of him before? No, never heard of him. I'd never heard of Josh Keeley either before he'd be no, no. on our doorstep. But, you know, it's, a, it's, it's how it goes, isn't it? But yeah, I think a lot, a lot of these clubs won't send them out unless they're playing. So you haven't got much choice but to mm. drop your first choice, whether you want to or not, whether it happens a game in or, or two or three games in. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that it was very good is that obviously we lost uh, Ricky Aguirre back to Swindon. He was on loan since we last recorded. And Ricky Aguirre, for those that don't know, came through the academy at Worthing and, you know, he's he's grown up playing around Worthing and he signed for Swindon a couple of years ago, the league we won, the year we won the league. He signed for Swindon on a professional contract, was loaned out to Chippenham, I think it was, Trev, was it? And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and and someone else in the National League, I think it was. I, I can't think remember. He, did he have spell at Eastbourne? No, not Eastbourne. He was um, he was at a club that sort of part of the world. Um, what's the National League club that site part of uh near Swindon away? Near Swindon. Yeah. Uh, 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 was it wasn't Hungerford. No, it wasn't um, Hungerford. I can't think. It was Chippenham. He was at. Uh... Yeah, he definitely did Chippenham. We did. I'm sure he did another one as well, didn't he? Let's just have a quick look at the table. So, uh... <laughs> I can't I can't even remember. I can't remember. Um anyway, he's um he he was one of our best players and the squad was built around him. And um from what we understood from interviewing Hinch, we had such a good deal that you're not gonna get another player at that caliber for the amount of money. So he was pretty gutted. But then we go and win a get away against Churo 4 0, uh 4 1, which was a fantastic Fantastic result away uh, from home recently. And we had a really good game against Tunbridge on Saturday. Really, really gritty 1-0 win. And it just cemented it. It's a feel-good factor because it was a little bit of a flat, flat. Oh, he's at Torquay for a bit, wasn't he, in the National League? That was it. He was oh, at Torquay. Just for a couple of games. It was a couple of appearances. But he's a fantastic player. And um, we, we were gutted. And to have those two victories on the back of that. And uh, now we've got the news that Aaron Racine, our captain, who's been out injured, has announced his retirement. Big loss, but I hope he'll be around in the coaching capacity in the future. I could see him. I'm sure, Trev, you know Aaron quite well. I'm sure you could see him around the sort of coaching of Worthing. I think someone we need. Another big, important backroom changing room player that we're going to miss. Um, yeah, he did a bit of player coaching, didn't he, a couple of years ago under yeah. under Adam as well. Um, yeah, he's a big... He's a. I think it's a 
the one reason you struggled in the games where you've played away from home, I think, and you need to be a little bit more savvy and not 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 go help a leverage you can at home. Um, those are the games I think where you've really missed him. Yeah. No, exactly. I do I do think that. Um um it's you could tell it sometimes um it was one of those um, you could see he was getting his age, but he still was a solid person to have around at the back and, you know, a leader for the squad. And I think he's got this injury and there was rumours when he got injured. A lot of us said, I'd very, very, be very, very surprised if um he returned. And he hasn't, which, um you know, fair play to him. He's got a young family. You know, just had their second child. He's um in his sort of mid-30s, I think now. He's very... uh. He's going to be very... It'll be very well missed, I think, is the word I'm looking for. But, yeah. you know... This is what happens with football. Um, people move on, and it's such a shame because people grow old. Players need to retire, and they can't do it for all their lives. Much you love them to do it for all their life, they can't. So, good luck to Aaron. Um, we've got other players now, but I do think we are sometimes lacking that older head in the squad now. And I don't know if you think the same, Trevor, about when you've seen Worthy. Um, I've only seen it twice, I think, once or twice this year. Yeah, that's, <laughs> quite, yeah you haven't been. That's a, the least you've seen for a long time, haven't you? It is, yeah. I've got to get around. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not just on the pitch, though. It's that experience and what you bring to the dressing room. Mm. Um, the sort of like you know, with us signing Gary Gary Hooper, he hasn't he hasn't featured a lot. He hasn't played a lot. But you're someone like a young Callum Steady who's in his early twenties, still learning his game as a full time footballer, and you can pick any nugget out of a player that's played played at the highest level in England, Scotland, the Champions League. You know, if you can't learn anything from that, um, you shouldn't be playing football. But that's the sort of thing you you miss as well, is that extra added bit in the, you know, in the dressing room. Yeah, no, we do. And it'll be interesting to see how we move on. But we talk about moving on, guys. Um I think one one of the ways we've got we've got to talk about it, it's not always what we like. The amount we mentioned it on the last podcast is the sort of clubs there's a lot of financial issues. And as Chris mentioned it earlier on in the podcast, Nuneet and Borough have withdrawn from the Southern League Premier Central. Mm. And as you said, Chris, one of the big, big sort of names yeah. in the league over years. And I, I mean, I mean, I, I, I know I'm, I'm I'm the rose between two thorns here, but, you know, it's a, it's a, I don't really remember yeah, Nuneaton so. as much, but um, you say they're big, just take, talk about it, Chris. What would you say? Yeah. Trip, yeah. When when I was a kid, you know, in the eighties, early nineties, um, Nuneaton was a it was a big non-league name. Um, you know, like your Maidstones, your Dartfords, your Barnets, of course, from that time, Welling, all these clubs. And to see another club having to resign from a competition is just desperate. And um, it's as if like the hierarchy. Are just washing the hands of clubs, you know, um, whether they've, you know, tried to live beyond their means, it, it could well be. Um, ownership might have had something to do with it. I don't know the full story there. But I think just in general, there's a, there's just a pattern forming where clubs try and do better themselves, but ultimately at the detriment of the future of the club, which mm. can't be right. That can't be right. No, not at um, all. When you know, when you look at Mask North Shields, these clubs have have tried to climb the pyramid, but obviously the the ground gradings and everything else that's in place, they're just so prohibitive. Um, 
the costs involved. Clubs cannot afford them. So to see Nuneaton go, that's particularly saddening because uh, that's a big name gone. Yeah, they'll come back. There's no doubt about that. They will. But Nuneaton Borough, goodness me. Um, should be an alarm. Should be alarm bells ringing all over the country, because there's going to. It's what it is. The way it's going, we're going to have a, a. Every time we record, there'll be a club that's left a competition. Um, absolutely terrible. It's and awful, um, it is awful, isn't it? It is. I mean, so you've got these. You've got these double, triple pronged things. You've got ground gradings, ground improvements that need to be done. Players wanting more money. Um, but money doesn't grow on trees, so yeah, it's really sad. I'm really, really disappointed with that one. And a little bit of the background: what what's the reason why they've withdrawn from the league? Well, they haven't got any money mm. and no ground, and, and no ground. You know, the 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 the, the, the owners of the ground obviously won't let them continue. Um, it's. There's going to be more because there's other clubs that have done deals to stay in grounds. And look at Scunthorpe, mm-hmm. Scunthorpe. You know, there. I want you know. Someone asked me the other day, um, what will Scunthorpe do if they don't get promoted this year? Because Hamworth are so you know they, they right. they're doing well, and who's to say that anyone in the playoffs on a one-off couldn't beat Scunthorpe in a one-off? Yeah. What will happen to Scunthorpe United if they don't get promoted this year, having done what they've done? Um, we could be sat here again 12 months' time talking about Scunthorpe United. Going part-time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's, they, they, they'd have to look at doing something like that. Mm. And would they have to sell their ground to try and raise funds to stay alive? No, you know? no that's a separate thing. I know, they, I, know they, I know they negotiated a deal, didn't they? So the ground's owned yeah, by... Did. A what is it? Is it? A, it's a trust or something that's like a separate entity, but yeah. connected to the board of directors or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Awesome. I think. So, to cut a long story short, I think clubs who want to actively get themselves up the pyramid, they're going to need some assistance in this. So, if they if the FA are insisting on promotion, you you know, it's it's compulsory. There has to be some leeway with clubs who may n- may not necessarily have the infrastructure or ground that fits the level that they are at. So surely there has to be some leeway now, because otherwise we're going to get more and more of these clubs trying to get there, and spending all the money, ending up potless, and ending up having to either close the doors or resign from competition. Can you imagine the mess, right, in the summer, if X amount of clubs a due promotion and they turn around and go can't afford it or take the two two level demotion which takes them from four to six instead of being in four and yeah, then yeah. all these clubs have then got and then the FA go back and go right well you don't want to get promoted you're next and then they turn around and go can't afford no. to can't, can't, can't do it this year we yeah. finished in our position two it could create absolute carnage but oh, yeah. I think Nuneaton Burroughs it is at the tip of the iceberg this year I think yeah. the next three or four months especially where a lot of clubs have had no income for the last three weeks where they've not played at home once, twice or three times. That's yeah. really going to hit home to quite a few of them by the end of this month when there's, you know, bills to pay and everything. I think, you know, as sad as it sounds, the next three months and into the into the summer as well, I think we're going to see a lot of clubs are going to be in a similar situation where they're 
crying, we need some help. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a shame. But you know, one thing I did like, and I was looking around to do a bit of research for the pod, Leamington FC have um given Nanise and Borough season ticket holders free entry to every game until the end of the season. No no ifs, no buts, no questions asked. Show you Nanise and Borough season ticket to get them free. And I'll, you know, Leamington, to be fair to them, obviously hopefully they'll get some fans there and they'll they'll pick up a bit of money on you know, match day sales, beers, burgers, everything like that. But for a club that we could probably do with the money, for them to do mm-hmm. that. It's for even even if they'd done half price entry for them, it would have been still a great touch. But to turn around, so hats mm. off to you, Leamington FC, because there'll be a lot of non-eating Byron fans that are sort of at an ends now and a bit lost mm. and a bit falling out of love with the game. And you know, they're always gonna have a soft spot. And you know, I think fair play to them because I think that's fantastic, don't you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Fair play. One other thing that we need to touch on before we go is uh, a little bit of confusion down at Taunton Town because, um, again, with sort of clubs being sort of in problems, they've uh, there was a press article earlier in the week or last week, I think it was, about a winding up petition by the HMRC against Taunton Town. And then the club were put out a statement saying, no, there's nothing to worry about. It's a bit of confusion, but we're asking help from the football, uh, the National League to help us with this problem. Um. So, what's going on there? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> how can we answer that? Because, <laughs> because how can you turn around and say there's nothing going on, but we're asking for help from the National yeah. League to sort this situation out? So, if there was no problem and you're putting a statement out saying, no, nothing's wrong. Okay, nothing wrong. It's a misunderstanding. But then to say, I think the actual the actual statement was... Let me get it here. Haven't they got issues with HMRC? Yeah, HMRC. Yeah. yeah. But they said they didn't. Their sort of state, statement was a little bit confusing, which really kind of confused. I'll read it out here just to see. Is it just me getting confused or not? Yeah. It goes, we are aware of a lot of press speculation, and obviously this can cause concern. We can confirm we own no VATs. This was totally paid last week, but we do have some pay outstanding with HMRC. We've been in communication with HMRC for a while, discussing the situation, but received no help or guidance from them. As a result, we're communicating with the National League to help us raise liaise with the HMRC to find a solution to this short-term issue. No further issue will be, statement will be made. So clearly they owe P-A-Y-E yeah. on, on staff wages. Mm. They haven't paid the bill. Now they've got to, and they haven't got the money to do it. Transfer embargo incoming. And do you know what yeah. was interesting? And this is completely when doing the research. Their um their club shop is tweeting hell for leather the last few days about deals and stuff in the club <laughs> shop. So you know, I think they're trying to raise some funds because literally it's it's a, it was quite a dormant account, and then uh and then over the last few days, um they've been tweeting loads and loads of stuff fc taunton club fc and retail over the last few days two hours three hours three hours three hours four hours four hours four hours <laughs> six hours one day two days three days and it was before that it was six days and it was beginning of january then it was like december so i think they're trying to get some money in right now aren't they for yeah. <laughs> for, for paying that bill but we're going to build a pin and the yeah. hmrc have said we're not going to help you you just need to pay us yeah you're all but- They've got pitch issues, haven't they? Yeah. Because they had yeah. the same same problem last year, well, didn't they? So obviously their income's being affected by by that, but I'm not quite sure what they're expecting everyone to do apart from you've got issues with your pitch and your drainage, you need to sort it mm. and find a way of sorting it. Mm. And if that means cutting your playing budget so you're finishing the bottom four, they've worked hard to get mm. there. But you it, it, again, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, almost a little bit, 
some some of these clubs I feel are so impatient to move, and that's still yeah. going back from from three years ago. Um, other clubs have overtaken them because, as Chris said, organically they've grown in that time, um, and are doing it the right way. But you can't live without outside your means. It is going to catch up with you, whether it's us three sitting here on the podcast or you're a football club. Mm. Yeah. Right yeah. You've just got to you've got to pay your bills. Simple mm. as. Yeah. yeah. And then the amount of the amount of tax that football clubs get away with is horrendous. <laughs> It really is horrendous. So, Chris, one interesting thing we said on the last podcast is how have you heard about any moves from Kevin Phillips? Mm. And now, now you can say there is some moves from Kevin Phillips. Where's yeah. he gone? Where's he gone? He hasn't gone far. He hasn't gone far, has he? No, Hartlepool United. So, surprise. That's a that's a bit of different from Solihull, which is rumored to be over the summer. Mm. Or was it? Was it um, Walsall as well? Wasn't it? Walsall, big yeah, Walsall originally yeah, then Solihull, and now it's Hartlepool United. So. Best of luck to him. Surprise? Um, no, not surprised. No, no. Um, right level was, for him? Um, technically, yes. If he wants to, you know, gradually grow his portfolio, yes. Um, Chris, is he good at home again? Well, he's got a. <laughs> he did have. I think he he's got um like a, an apartment stroke flat in in Durham. Right. That's what he had, and I, I think he probably will still have it or will have access to it. But I don't think that's a problem. Um, the problem being, is, is he good enough? And um, there's a lot of talk up here about the fact that South Shields, yes, South Shields won the league last year, but technically full-time with a squad that we had should have won the league better. Mm. And earlier, his style of football to many was bland and, well... Dull. Um, his desire to utilize youth talent is zero. He was going to Hartlepool, who've had their own financial problems. They're not going to, you know, he, he wanted more money at South Shields to, to, to progress. He wanted more and more money. And the chairman said, no, he's going to Hartlepool. If he wants more money, I've no doubt the chairman will say no because they've got their own problems. Yeah. So it's going to be a very interesting two, three months because it could go, it could go well, but it could go belly up mm. um, pretty quickly. Um, I believe I, I read somewhere that he's got Lenny Lawrence yep. helping him out. Yeah, up the addicts. I mean, Lenny Lawrence. Wow. Mm. I mean, there's a blast from the past. I mean, a good football man, but um, I don't know. It it it, it could work. But it could very easily go wrong. So best of luck to him. Um, you know, I like Kevin. Um, got on great with Kevin. Still never uh, got him on the podcast. Sorry. <laughs> Still never got him on the podcast. Yeah, oh, it's all this big, big promises, Chris, and you failed at the last hurdle. No great last point. I wasn't no expecting hurdle. to leave. <laughs> well, now, now, now he's back in non. Now he's back in non-league. We surely can now. I'll yeah, see what I can do. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and another another management move or change. I guess it's from from non-league to uh, from Wilson to Notts County. Um, Stuart Maynard, good move, Trevor. Yeah, yeah, very very good move for him and his uh, team as well. There's been uh, there's been a lot of speculations to whether he'd ever give up his job as a BT engineer. He's been up for about twenty years, I think it was. I read um, and really liked it. But you know, your moves into the EFL don't come along too often. And he's a good good fit for County in the way they play, to the way he had his Wildstone teams play <clears throat> um, as well. So, you know, he's going to have a bigger bigger budget, full-time players. 
you know, probably um, he's 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 uh, living out his ambition at long last. So I'd be interested to see who comes in at Wildstone. Yeah, it um, do do you think do you think it will you? I mean, it's you say he's left his job. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a move, Knotts County. Where how long to drive from Wildstone to Knotts? About an hour and a half. No, uh, I don't know. Yeah, he's got a nice three and a half year contract though. Mm. Which is, you know, um, I imagine good. was part, yeah, part of the sweetener for it. But yeah. um, you know, his sides play good football. Um, I'll be honest, I don't like him as a person. Um, but what he's what he's achieved at Wildstone, keeping him in that division, um, has been, at, you know, nothing beyond fantastic. Against the amount of full time sides he's up against, you know, they were flirting with the playoffs last year, um, as well. So. Um, Kind of, um, kind of, I'm quite pleased to see him go because we haven't beaten Wildstone too many times since they've made it back up to the National League. So maybe the tides, tides, uh, tides on the turn. Yeah. But um, I did, I think when I did a um, article after Mike Williamson went from Gateshead to MK Dons, um, yeah. Maynard was one of the ones I said should be on a list to go along with four or five others as well. So um, why aren't you, you a know. fan of him though, Trev? What, what, why, you, why are you not a fan of him? Um, don't worry, we're not putting libel on here. Like, just, it's an, it's a, but it's an opinion. It's an opinion. That's all it is. You, you know, I I don't like you, but I've got to do a podcast with you. But you know, <laughs> love you long time, you Cowboys uh, fan. Let's just say it, it, it's his conduct in certain situations, okay. which um, I think he's um, not mature enough for uh, a manager that is good enough to yeah. be managing above the National League. Um, I don't have a lot of time for people like that. Um, to be honest, so um, you know, but like I say, as a as a manager, fantastic job he's done there, and you know he's going into a fantastic situation at Notts County. He's in a promotion race to get into League yeah. One, and you yeah. know it's the stuff of stuff of dreams of a as a kid. You um, that's what you want. Yeah, so 100%. Good, you know, good luck, to, good luck to him. And you don't have to talk about him ever again, now, do you? <laughs> Not unless he gets sacked and ends up in non-league managing Hendon or somewhere, you know, silly like go. that. There we go, there we go. Um, and player-wise, uh, Josh Stokes, I think today or yesterday, he's gone from Aldershot yesterday. to Bristol City and then yep. loaned back to yep. Aldershot. So, you know, good bit of business for Aldershot Town, who got absolutely spanked by uh, by Bishop Stortford in the FA Trophy this past week. I said, we did joke on our chat, didn't we, saying it must be because it's a kind of a local game for them, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, well... Having watched Bishop Stortford, you know, when South Shields travelled down two weeks ago, I'm, I, I'm flabbergasted. I mean, they were really average, you know, Bishop's really average. Um, I've got to be careful what I say because we, Ronnie and I, upset Southport supporters earlier on this season. I don't oh, know God, what have you done? What have you done? I <laughs> would have said they were, they were crap. Um, <laughs> so um, Bishop's were pretty average. So to go and do that, that's that um, I've dumbfounded, absolutely dumbfounded. Yeah, and then um, it's ugh, I don't know because you, you say you say it's the same sort of we can say for Maidstone when we played Maidstone they were absolutely crap as well, but then they go and get through to the next round of the FA Cup. Yeah, is yeah. it the cup? Is it the cup? Oh, we got nothing to lose. We'll give it all if we yeah. win. I mean, if we get spanked, we spank. But we could catch them off guard and catch them by surprise and get through to the next round. Fair play to them. Yeah. Fair play to them. Like yeah. I've got. I mean, I'm not a massive fan of Bishop Stortford for the obvious reasons that we said earlier in the podcast about the pitch stuff because they really, really 
um, messed us around that day and it, it was just not fair. I wasn't lucky enough, but a lot of the fans had travelled, cost money, cost club money. So I'm not fat I'm not a fan of their conduct there because they claimed it was um it was unplayable, but they, it was no different from probably what it'd been twenty four hours before, but that's a different story. But fair play to them. Um Ben Crowhouse, um Trev, you said it's gone from Bromley to Brentford. Um Brentford, I assume it's the B team he's gone to, or has he gone to the A? Because the B team's their sort of development arm and you know they they, they do good things there. They do good things. Yeah, that's what he'll go into. But he's been loaned back to uh, Bromley. Yeah, he can go and see. He can go and go and play with Romeo Beckham, can't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Romeo's there, isn't he? Yeah, he's a good, good player. Yeah. Ben Crowhouse saw him on loan at Cray last season. He had 18, 18 games there, and I saw him twice. And yeah, um, Kellen Fisher, who moved from Bromley to Norwich last summer as well, both of them were on loan at the same time. Um, and a pair of them were streets in front of of, of, of players. Then you could see there was. That's little something about us. Whether whether they could hold it into um, Bromley's first team, and both of them have managed it superbly. They've got mm. some um, good academy talent coming through there in South London, uh, South London Kent borderish type mm. place. Um, yeah, that, that, and you know, fair play. And it'd be interesting though. He's talking about Romeo Beckham. Do you think we ever see him in non-league? Do you think they could loan him out? Was he too big a name for them? Because he's not exactly breaking into the first team. Could we see him going and get an experience at non-league level? Could do. Or do, do you then, think? I mean, in theory, you like to think: is he going to be too big for that? But he's not a big name anyway. Do you know what I mean? He's just dad. He's lying on his dad's name. Do you think? I mean, he's he's not got a choice. The club want to send him there, but could you see that happening? It'll put, well, put a few thousand on the gate, won't it? If he ends up somewhere, just yeah, name yeah, put put him back. I'll, I'll take him down at Worthing, and I'd like to see Mister B at uh, DB at Woodside Road. Yeah, but the thing is, I mean, on from a football level, if it's good enough for all the other. Footballing youngsters to go yeah. down and go on loan, and mm. well, what difference does it make for because his surname's Beckham? Um, yeah. yeah, if it's for his football benefit, then yes, yeah, no, exactly. Um, it'd be interesting to see, but anyway, he's not in non league, so we don't care about that. That's just a little side note there, but yeah. anyway, guys, anything to wrap this podcast up? An action packed podcast with Rabbit on my internet has lasted since I restored the computer, so I'm very happy. Obviously, through the magic and wonders of editing, you do not know the problems we had at the beginning of the podcast, so there we go, guys. <laughs> hey. Perfect. Thanks to uh, uh, Worthing Borough Council, wherever it is, for installing crap internet where I live. But, you know, uh, hurry up and bring uh, 10G around or whatever it's called. Fibre <laughs> to the house. Uh, anything from you, Chris? Nope, not from me. Not from me. Trevor? Uh, yeah, Farnham Town, still unbeaten. 18, oh, 18 yeah. league games, I think it is in the combined <laughs> counties at the moment. Sorry, I, I forgot to mention <laughs> I forgot I got sidetracked sorry mate yeah well, we'll, we'll, well let's see to the next one if anyone from Farnham Towns listening want to get on the pod let us know but anyway Trevor what were you saying sorry mate yeah I didn't quite make it through in the FA Vars so um, that's one of their first defeats of the season and uh, another shout out to um, Cray Valley Paper Mills as well Steve McKim and Barry Moore I was there on Saturday when they beat Lancing 1-0 which was a massive game because Lancing only lost one I think of their last 12 yeah, prior Lansing to that doing well yeah yeah, very well. Um, well, they, they beat Ramsgate, the leaders, 4-2 at home a couple of weeks ago. So, um, quite a tough game. Crow Valley won it 1-0. Crow Valley is still unbeaten in the Ishman South East Premier Division. And we record on the Monday. On the Tuesday night, they head to Chichester. And after that game, they will then have only completed half of their league fixtures. They've still got half their season still to play. And that's not the worst because Hyde in their division have played even less than Cray Valley have. So imagine that's got a bit 
half a season and a bit into three months. I mean, you're, you're going full circle now. What we're talking about at the beginning of the podcast, they need to maybe stack some of these games before this competition start at the beginning of the season. A little bit. Craze, craze games have come from their FA Cup and, and, and yeah. their trophy run as well. They went probably, I mean, in the FA Cup, we know they got through didn't they, against, against Charlton and then went to a replay as well in the FA Trophy. They went yeah. two or three rounds deep into the main draw as well and you you don't budget for that, you don't expect it. It just pushes mm-hmm. games to midweek. You know, to be fair, they haven't had that many postponed because mm-hmm. of the weather. Um, but they've been playing catch up. But they're in a title race with Ramsgate. So um, you know, fair play to them to, you know, to, I think the only the only defeats they've had up until they lost to Charlton back in whenever it was, was it October? October, November? November, can't, I think, wasn't can't it? Remember. Um, they I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, it was a while ago. They'd yeah. had two two county cup defeats. So again, since they played um since since they played Hampton in the FA Trophy, which was in November, they haven't lost the lost the league game since. So yeah, it's cross touchwood. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Well, guys, it's been a fantastic podcast. Thanks again for all your insights into your chat. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time, guys. Where are we off to this next couple of weeks? For me, tomorrow, but after we record. Slough at home for Worthing and I might catch the end of the Torquay game this Saturday because I finished work just about 15 minutes before kickoff. so quick shoot up the road I might get a second half Trev for you mate uh, Worthing Slough tomorrow night because I want to see Slough oh I'll see you there give me a shout yeah I will um, you want to see Slough uh, excuse me mate they're 15 games 16 games I'm beating at home five months there's something you about wanna see, you want to see Worthing <laughs> no I'm going to watch Slough tomorrow night that's, that's what I'm oh, going you, there you could go and stand in the away end then bye bye <laughs> <laughs> you don't have an away in I'll, segre- um, I'll make sure it's segregated just to put you in it. Just and, to annoy. Trev can stand on his own. <laughs> and then Saturday, I'm going to um, head to Bogner to watch them take on a bit of Ricky. Yeah. Um, where am I next? That, 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 why have you just sworn on the podcast? I'm going to have to get the um, because be- beeping be- word out. Because because I'm I'm picking games where um, there's something about that game in particular, i.e. Slough on a fantastic run at the moment away from home. Yeah. Uh, that's still pretty good. Obviously, Worthing are flying in second. Next Saturday, Bogner are actually have a, a really good run towards the playoffs. And Billericay are yeah. thundering their way through the playoffs as well. So I'm trying to pick the yeah. games that have got something decent on them. Well, it like, should be a good game tomorrow, to be fair. It should yeah, be a should, very good game. Both should be. Um, and then next to the Tuesday after, I'm at Chichester against Mersham. And then Barnet have got local derby against Wildstone before we record again. Before we move on to Chris, there that that Slough's away record isn't as good though, is it? It's their home record. That's good. No, it's their home record is fantastic. But I mean, um, you know, if you if you go back, probably even the shorts, maybe four four or five weeks, um, they mm. weren't that far away from the relegation zone. Now they're sitting four mm. points off the playoffs with yeah. I think at least one or two games in hand on most of the sides above them. So mm. um, it's not an easy mm. not an easy task for Worthing tomorrow night. Yeah, and then Chris, you must be chomping at the bit for a bit of football to be on. Yeah, <clears throat> home tomorrow night, with the weather permitting. Hopefully, by the time, next time we record, I will have watched four games. Oh, crazy. Oh, you know, you know, jinx yourself, mate. You should have just said I should have watched some games. <laughs> uh, I, I should have watched at least 90 minutes of football. You've, you've noticed I haven't said four Shields games there. <laughs> Does that include three on Sky Sports that you're going to watch? Yeah. He's streaming every National League game he can. Yeah, 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 yeah. Might have to. Nah. Yeah, fingers crossed. Right, fingers crossed. And hopefully I can pull their finger out and start getting some results and going the right way rather than the wrong way up the table. So, uh, so we'll wait and see. But um, 
Thanks for listening, guys. As for usual, the PNLP on social media, give us your shout thoughts. Please do share the podcast, as we do say, you know, it does mean a lot. It's our 60th episode. 60 episodes strong, guys. You know, it's, it's, we love doing it. Uh, as you all know, we don't make any money for it. It's just a hobby, and it's a, it, one we really like. So getting your feedback and... Um, like love from the socials is fantastic so if you haven't if you want to share it with your friend you haven't listened to it for this is your first time listening then you know subscribe please do subscribe on there and um if you want anything mentioned if you've got anything or ideas to come on the show do let us know um but for myself james trev chris i think it'll be a, a fair a farewell to you all adieu and uh i'll be seeing you Here we bye go. for now Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.